The following is a fourth-hand production. Knowledge is a fickle thing. There are times when what we know or what we think we know is turned on its side by new discoveries. Take, for example, heliocentrism. Before Copernicus came along in the 16th century, most of humanity believed that the sun and all other heavenly bodies revolved around the earth. Or, closer to now, you can look at plate tectonics. Prior to the middle of the 20th century, scientists believed that the earth's continents were stable and didn't move at all. Even our understanding of disease has evolved considerably. Until the late 1800s, many believed in the miasmatic theory of disease, where diseases like black death or cholera were caused by a miasma, a noxious form of bad air. These discoveries can be so large and important that their effects spiderweb into multiple facets of history and science. They change our understanding of where things came from and how they work. The same can be said for tonight's topic, Gobekli Tepe, an archaeological site in southeast Turkey that shouldn't exist. Humans couldn't build these massive structures, cut and transport these enormous monoliths, and carve these intricate reliefs with their primitive skill set and tools. Yet they did. What does this knowledge mean? Who had the know-how to build this awesome set of structures? What else don't we know about ourselves from so long ago? Did we receive help? And how does it all relate to aliens? That and more this week on Hysteria 51. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that has never been to Turkey, but wonders if the conspiracy there is not fluoride, but tryptophan in the water. This is Hysteria 51. Turkey lurkey do and turkey lurkey dap. I eat that turkey and I take a nap. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we're your hosts and lead archaeologists on this journey into the past, Brent Hand and John Goforth. Who were the teachers of these engineering styles? The only conclusion there is, is that aliens had a hand in these creations a long time ago. That's right. Show over. Gobekli Tepe was built by aliens. No need for further research. I think that just, I mean, that's a given. Everyone that has watched Ancient Aliens, they know that everyone. There's no one that hasn't. There's no one that hasn't, right. They send it out to the suburbs with a little box of the tide, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it it would make it easier to explain. You know, like yeah. uh, like yeah. Glaxon and, and Kilgore or something come down and, and they shoot a magic gravity beam at a few slabs of bedrock and poof, Gobekli Tepe, done. Weird. All my buddies call me Kilgore. It's my nickname in the streets. No, it's not. Y- you no. you literally just made that up. <laughs> Whatever. I still dig Killer Instinct. Yeah, that I think that was a. I think that was that a. That was a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, all right, you, you redeemed yourself there. Good callback. <laughs> Combo breaker. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe we should attribute everything that we don't understand to aliens. That's, that's probably a given. We, we might overstate that a little bit. Uh, just like the meme, it just makes sense, though, John. It just makes sense. 
right now, this sounds absolutely insane, and I'm aware of how this sounds. But if you look into the whole story, along with all the other supporting accounts, then if you are of the same mindset, you could potentially come to the same conclusion. <laughs> Thanks, Giorgio, for that riveting, riveting analysis. Uh, Bitch, right. it might be. <laughs> Or, or as uh, as Bob Euchre would say, dynamite drop in money and broadcast school has really paid off. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to do our play by play man on the scene, Joe Boo. Joe Boo, <laughs> who is here in yeah, the in lower studio. Fourth studio. That's right. Yeah. Speaking of aliens, though, I don't want to dismiss them from this topic just yet. But it is so crazy this this place was built so long ago, and no one knows how. I know how. I helped build it. That other voice you're hearing is the third host of the show. And the only one I can pretty much guarantee you didn't help with building anything. The one and only Conspiracy Bot. What are you talking about? I helped build it back in the day. Okay, okay. Uh, aside from the fact that your pinchers are tension loaded for, I don't know, 10 pounds on a good day? Is that about mm -hmm. right, Brett? Yep. How would you help with something that's 11,000 years old? I mean, Brent built you, what, a, a few years ago? Yeah. Three, I don't know. That's what you think. This is just my current form. I'm timeless. <laughs> He's not lying about his age or trying to sound omnipotent instead of impotent, which is his normal his <laughs> That's normal his go-to. Yeah. He's supposed to be researching, editing, and producing this show. Instead, he just makes insane claims like that one and drinks our booze while he's doing it. Too true. So, Seabot, so how exactly does that work, you, you being timeless? Your puny meat sack mind wouldn't be able to fathom it, so I won't bother explaining. Just trust me. Yes, yes. That, that's the first thing that springs to mind when I think you see bot trust. Is it is it weird that I want to do it even more now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brent. Let's suspend disbelief for just a moment. Seabot, since you were there, how exactly did they build the eleven thousand year old monolithic site? Gravitons. <laughs> Flat Earth mode achieved. That is not even a thing. You just heard the flat earthers use that word. You need to calm down with these lies, dude. Who isn't calm? I'm perfectly calm, dude. I mean, stop with the lying. Calmer than you are. That, that's it. I'm I'm dismantling them. That's it. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. We still have the live show in October. Let's at least wait until then. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Patience. What? what uh, Woosah. Yeah, Woosah. right. Exactly. Right. All right, all right. All right. Before Brent literally ends Conspiracy Bot, let's get into tonight's topic. Oh, Go Beckley Tappy. Go Beckley Tappy. It's got dots over the O, so you know it's a good one. Oh, man. I tell you. I, the, the first, when Crazy. I was when I was putting together the outline, one of the first things I was like, "Am I writing this wrong because I don't have the special O?" And how many times do I have to have hit the Alt button? Don't think my OCD weirdness didn't get your version of the outline, and then replace all of them. Uh, if you look in there, uh, there's dots <laughs> over the O's again. Yeah, yeah, sure did it. Yeah, you're weird. Um, <laughs> I man, I had a, I had a really good time researching this one. It is one of those ones that is it's interesting. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And even mainstream scientists will go, wow, that one really doesn't make a lot of sense. It changed the way people look at the timeline of humans a little bit or a lot of bit, depending on which uh, flavor you're looking for. The the ancient alien theorists that theorize on this or the, you know, mainstream archaeologists and the people that found the place. Well, that's another interesting thing. They all agree, whether it's the as you call them, the mainstream uh, scientists yeah. and the alternative scientists, they all agree on one thing. 
it shouldn't be there. It shouldn't exist. And they don't yeah. know where it came from. Yeah. The devil's in the details on what it actually is and how it got oh, there. Man. And, and there's a lot of, lot of details, including a mini episode of this called Radio Carbon Dating and You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. We'll get to that. But kids, you, you heard us in the intro explain, you know, just a little bit. Let's give you a little bit more depth and texture as to exactly what Gobekli Tepe yeah, what, is. Yeah, what is this place, John? Like, like before we start researching, it I'm like, uh, I, I, an old city? I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like there's all these Gobekli Tepe and Teotihuacan and, and Machu Picchu. And there's these, these words that are fun to say and they're buzzwords and people throw them around. We were going to actually originally we're like, well, let's just cover all these great old cities with monolithic structures. And then we're like, holy crap, each one of these is a monster. Maybe we need to simmer down a little bit. Seriously, like how bad am I? Am I, 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 I'll just, I'll just speak for myself here. I'm not going to speak for anybody else. Obviously horrible at history. I'm thinking of Gobekli Tepe. I'm thinking of Stonehenge and I'm thinking of Easter Island, right? Yeah. yeah. Huge monolithic structures. You realize that Gobekli Tepe is like 11,000 years old. Yeah. Stonehenge is like 6,000 years later. Yeah. And yeah. Easter Island's from like the 1500s. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even that like, old. Like, yeah. It's not even that old. Yeah. Like, And it's not just heads. They got bodies. I didn't even know that until that long ago. Well, with their toes stick out the other end yeah, and that, that's, right. that's that Stonehenge. That is Stonehenge. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Silly. So let's, yeah. let's get into the details. It's, it's a series of mainly circular and oval shaped structures set on the top of a hill in Southeast Turkey. It's, yeah. it's become their primary archaeological site. Yeah, it's crazy, and we're getting into this. You kind of said it is an archaeological site because they don't really know what the fuck it is. It's something. There's lots of supposition, but no yeah. cold hard facts as to exactly what it is. Yeah, the oldest parts are upwards of 11,000 years old, dating back to the 10th century B.C. To give you an idea of how truly old that is, it's roughly 6,000 years, as you said, older than Stonehenge. That, in and of itself, is is mind as as Will Ferrell would say, bottling. Mind bottling, yeah. yes. Well, I mean, when you think about it, it's infinitely more complex than Stonehenge. Infinitely more complex, and that's pretty much where the agreement among scholars stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we've pretty much, that is almost the stopping point, I would say. You, you see, it's it's a really, really big set of structures. Most are round and have large pillars or monoliths in them. It's uh, like uh, the, they use them as like the pillars, right, but, but right. they're decorative, yeah. A vast majority of it, by the way, is yet to be unearthed. Yeah, they they went and did, we'll get into this, but they used penetrating radar, so they got a pretty good idea of how big it is, and they've only unearthed a few of the structures, and it just keeps coming. Yeah, a little. they unearthed um, a little more than an acre, mm-hmm. and they say that there's well over 20 acres. Yeah, now, so that's the, fun. But here's the other weird part. You're, the way I just described it, you're probably thinking of a large field, only a small percentage of which has been unearthed. Yeah. It's actually a hill. Yep. That's what Gobekli Tepe means in Turkish, which we'll get into more the meaning yeah. of that. But it's essentially Potbelly Hill. Yeah. Look at that stupid hill is, is uh, the director. And so. <laughs> <laughs> no, Potbelly Hill is exactly right. Yeah. And so what that means, how that translates is these aren't just spread across one layer. This is layer laid on top of layer, which is weird laid because on top of layer. They did it while it was still being used. You know, right. they, they built structures on top of structures. Uh, you know, while it was still in use. And so, what's the big deal with that? Well, that that's what's weird as a site all over the world that date back to that long. Uh, it it it's taking so long to unearth it because it's on top of one another, on top of one another. It's old, and it seems to have been buried. And and you asked what the big deal is. I, I mean, I think the big deal is actually fairly simple. Before the discovery of Gobekli Tepe, experts 
in all lines of, of, of science and archaeology and anthropology did not believe humans of that era were advanced enough to come together and build something like I this. I found that really interesting when looking into this, and I didn't know why everyone said that. You know, they said, you know, when you look into this, and it was because they were essentially, we were still hunter-gatherers. We were in these small bands, mostly nomadic, and they didn't have a spot because you were really too busy hunting and gathering constantly right. to sit down and go, hmm, you know what, I'm going to figure out architecture and I'm going to figure out how to grow food. I'm going to ha- figure out how to do this and that because you're always constantly working for yourself. Well, this they found out later was kind of the dawn of when they go, you know what, if we stick in one area, we can all take turns working for one another. And they had grain and stuff. It was wild. They hadn't figured out, well, we can plant this grain. But yeah, it was one of those things where it's like the dawn of this this human Oh, we can work together. Well, and and to, to continue the anthropologic lesson for the listener, hunter-gatherers literally were just doing that. They would go yeah. from place to place hunting and gathering berries and, and other fruit and vegetables. Essentially, their life was dominated by making sure they had a food source. Yeah, tomorrow you didn't know what you – so the thing is they never sent in, one in, place in, that we knew of pre-Gobekli Tepe to build anything. Translation – pre-farming yeah and so because of that we never sat down in one place we never built any we as in the humans we never built any monolithic structures or any major structures at all and then boom we find gobekli tepe and it's literally as far as we know the oldest known architectural spot on earth that's crazy that is crazy it was actually discovered in the late 60s. Yeah, not that long and, ago. Uh, the, the, but the, the people who discovered it, it was a joint venture from the University of Chicago and um, someone, somewhere in Turkey. <laughs> that place. Yeah, that place. They thought it was like a grave site from thousands of years later. And yeah. they left it alone. They yeah, they're like, oh, it's graves or it's graves. I mean, it's, it was a lot of different things at first until they're like, wait a minute. So you, when you hear people talk about Gobekli Tepe, you'll hear various dates set, mentioned. You'll hear... The 60s, and then you'll also hear 1994, 1995. That's because 94, 95 is when Klaus Schmidt and oh, good old Klaus <laughs> uh, went back to it and said, "Hey, maybe this isn't." He's the the real reason that we know what Gobekli Tepe is, and he was the um, he's kind of like your your Indiana Jones, you know, this right? Belongs in a museum. He's except actually to say that in a German accent. If you couldn't figure out from Klaus schmidt's name he's german he was yeah, he, the he, he, head of the, essentially the 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 german museum i forget which german museum their their turkish branch it's got a really pretty name of course knowing the way germans named things back then it was probably like Und museum gog yeah yeah exactly <laughs> oh it's beautiful it's beautiful <laughs> So to finish describing it, it consists of large T-shaped pillars with animal carvings on them. They're actually reliefs. They're not carved into the stone. Yeah, they're on the, the outside. St- they're on the like, outside. Like, the stone is carved around there's it. There's jaguars and other animals, real animals that we, this part of it that we saw at that time. And it has huge stone rings, a vast amount of rooms. And many believe these rooms had religious importance. So one theory goes, and you know, this is kind of like the overarching theory, that perhaps 
this site was not used for domestic purposes of any mm-hmm. type, mm-hmm. but for rituals and sacrifices of some type, and in other words, is believed to be the oldest known religious complex to modern man. Yeah, no, the, the really cool thing about these T-shaped pillars, like John said, there's these animal carvings, these reliefs on them, but they also, each one is carved to look like a person standing, but they don't know if that is a person, if that is a god, if that is an alien. They don't know what it is, and here's the kicker on top of that. They have no faces. Not that the faces are weathered off. There are no faces, which was done on purpose and is very distinct. And you'll look back at that time. They have other statues, things that they've made. They have faces. So we knew how to build faces. And that sounds silly, but it's one of those things. It's so old. We're like, well, maybe they didn't know how to put a face on it. Well, they did. They did. They, there was actually totem poles found at the yeah. site that had faces on them, so they knew how. The other interesting part about the, the, the T-shaped pillars that you're talking about, mm-hmm. they did have like arms and hands on them, so we knew which way they were positioned. In other words, we knew which part of the stone was supposed to be the face. Right. Imagine a three-dimensional T. The end of the T, so not looking at it the way you'd look at the letter T, but turned. Turned, yeah. Uh, like the top n- is 90 coming degrees. at you, and that would be where you would think a face Where, where would the face be. would be. Mm-hmm. So some ancient alien theorists theorize that the, the reason for that structure is because that wasn't it. Think, uh, think about the mama alien in aliens. alien or I've also uh, the, heard the, uh, what, what is the, what are those things called? The, the, the xenomorph xenomorph. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I was having a brain freeze. Get away from her. You bitch. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <C-Bot. laughs> yeah. So I've heard that like that was their, their head shape. Or I've also heard other people that go, well, that was their interpretation of the helmets that they wore also, yes. you know, is another thing. Um, it, it was our primitive interpretation of these things. Wrong helmet. Wrong helmet. You never know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we're talking about this. We, it we, was a long time ago. Yeah, they start true. with a long time ago. Yeah, we I can't quantify. They could have been from a galaxy far, far away. That's exactly right. We, we keep talking about the age. Let's let's. Let's dive into that a little bit, but let's back up first. How do we know it's really old? Well, for for a brief lesson, like I told you, we're going to teach you about radiocarbon dating. And now for something completely different. <laughs> so up next on a very special yeah. episode of Dating Organic Matter and Organic Material Using Radioisotopes Hour. Radioisotopes and you. Yeah, so we I wanted thought, to break I thought my in. version float off the tongue better. Yeah, it does. The, the it more does. words you can put into a title for something... Yeah, <laughs> the better. You know, with with the music that's like scrap because it's on like a reel to reel. You know, so we wanted to give you guys a little background for not only this episode, but this is something that we talk about in a lot of episodes, and we just go, "Oh, they carbon dated it." Well, they they do carbon date a lot of things. They also use a lot of other dating processes. So we wanted to take just a couple minutes and let you guys know kind of the rundown of how it works. The thrust of us talking about this here is not only this topic. It came from a conversation that Brent and I had. I'm naive. And I'm sitting there going, so it's called radiocarbon dating. I'm assuming they use carbon, right? Carbon-based life forms. Mm. How how do they do that with stone? Right. Right? Because right. a stone can be made up of lots of things that just aren't carbon. Yeah. And, and so we decided to dig into it a little bit. And so everything we're about to say is 100% fact. You will not find a better description from a geologist. Yeah, it's, in fact, uh, you might. You, after you hear this, you'll probably guess that we went to geology school, and that's a thing. And there will be a test, so pay attention. <laughs> carbon dating or carbon fourteen dating is a method of determining the age of an object containing organic material by using the properties of radiocarbon or radioactive isotope of carbon. 
Clear as mud, right? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, 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 that we make that sound complicated. What they're saying is yeah. they find a very specific radioactive isotope of carbon. Yeah. Okay, a version of carbon. Carbon-14. In inorganic material. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it has to be organic material. Now, what you're thinking to yourself, you're thinking self, stones aren't organic. Mm-hmm. Ah, if there's something on the surface of the stone that is like adhered to it, they date the stuff that's on the surface, yeah. and that's how they do it to stones. So it's based on the fact that radiocarbon or carbon fourteen is constantly being created in the atmosphere by the interaction of cosmic rays with atmospheric nitrogen. Now the resulting fourteen C combines with atmospheric oxygen to form radiocarbon dioxide, which is incorporated into plants by photosynthesis remember remember back to high school you learned about that animals then acquire carbon 14 by eating the plants when the animal or plant dies it stops exchanging carbon with its environment hard stop and from that point on the amount of 14c it contains begins to decrease as the 14c undergoes radioactive decay meaning Measuring the amount of carbon-14 in a sample from a dead plant or animal, such as a piece of wood or a fragment of bone, provides information that can be used to calculate when the plant or animal died. Also, don't forget nuclear contamination changes dates, meaning if there was a nuclear explosion 11,000 years ago because those uh, space guys were fighting, we could be off by quite a bit. <laughs> and crystal skulls, remember we, we talked about that one. They can't be dated this way because they had no organic matter. They're just quartz. Yeah, right. exactly. Your first thought is probably, isn't that, you know, joint made of stone? How do they use carbon dating? How do they do that, John? Well, I started to, I started to get into this. Uh, there's two ways, really. The first is, is the soil surrounding it. So I, I don't want to get too far into the weeds here because I'll get lost. Mm-hmm. Gasp. Who would ever believe that? But scientists can look at the, at the striation of soil layers, essentially, to help understand if the soil surrounding the rock or formation uh, came from the same time or was, like, thrown in later. Very simple. Okay. Look, at, look at exposed rocks. Go to the Grand Canyon. It comes in layers. You can see they, they know that the layers are from X amount of time, and the soil lays down the same way. Over time, they go to they core the ice caps. The ice is the same way. Right. X amount of space is X amount well, of time, and, they, and that's how the Earth works that we know and they can do the same thing with soil and analyze it and Mm -hmm. see like because if you think about it there's soil sitting next to it that came right then but then there's also if you went in and filled in gobekli tepe right now yeah scientists a thousand years from now would be able to tell that it was filled in much later Mm -hmm. that's the point so they figure out that it's from the same time okay they figured out that it's from the same time now we just need to radiocarbon date the soil because the soil has plenty of organic material in it now the other way that it's done is that sometimes they get lucky, as I mentioned before, and that the surfaces are covered with something specific to Gobekli Tepe. The surfaces were covered with a, a plaster of sorts. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to describe it. Yep. And this plaster comp- is comprised of loam, which also contains small amounts of organic material. On top of that, too, uh, there was a lot of charcoal there that uh, is full of, you know, it's organic Yeah, the char- the, that's the, in fact, uh, for the, carbon dating analysis that you can find in all the studies of Gobekli Tepe, the primary samples that are re- referenced are the charcoal samples that are found in the soil surrounding it. Yeah. So, so keep in mind, too, that this dating is almost as much art as it is science, and that is these methods aren't foolproof. However, when we get to scientists disagreeing, it isn't for the most part on the age of the structure, though. It's 
where they came from. So they, they when we say across the board, they believe it's eleven thousand years. Right. Ago. When we say it's from over eleven thousand years ago, there are very few people in the world that will disagree with us. Yeah, so, so who cares? Like, who cares? It's that old. Well, for one, the entirety of the archaeology and anthropology communities. Right. Which we said that because it's it would be the first, you know, for many examples of uh, sculptures or megalithic architecture, which make up what is perhaps the world's earliest temple. As I said, go back to Tepe. It predates pottery it predates metallurgy it predates the invention of writing by thousands of years It predates the wheel and agriculture you know they say like it's older than sliced bread this is older than bread this is older (laughs) than the wheel they deliver your bread with you know what i mean the fact that hunter-gatherer people could organize the construction of such a complex site as far back as the 10th millennium bc not only revolutionizes our understanding of hunter-gatherers culture, but also poses a serious challenge to the conventional view of our rise of civilization. So in other words, it's a big deal. Was the first one that they made probably this giant one or their older ones? You know, it brings in all these questions. People back then weren't supposed to be able to do this. You're, You're moving 20 ton stones. You haven't invented a wheel and you don't know where your next meal's coming from. Go what? (laughs) <laughs> By the way, 500 of you come over here and help me lift this yeah. stone. Uh, you know, the other interesting thing they say about Gobekli Tepe is all of these different structures, the, they're all numbered. Oh, are you telling how they glow in the dark? <laughs> <laughs> Don't look that up. And they talk. Yeah. Uh, those little mouths uh, that, that aren't there, actually, no. they, they are there, but you can only see them when they talk. Now, um, we, we mentioned all the different structures. They actually give them numbers, and the 14th structure actually has three pillars and you know, whatever. We're not going to get into the, the gruesome details there. but Until part three. No. <laughs> In our seven-part series. Yeah. But the, the really cool and zany part is they say that the oldest structures that are a part of Gobekli Tepe, because it wasn't all, all these layers that we mentioned were built at different times. Right. The oldest parts are the most advanced. Almost yeah. as if the collective knowledge of the builders was decreasing as they were going. Now, some people just explain that away and say it became less and less important to the culture. But that's it, that'd be like us starting with an iPhone and today be running around well, with a Zach Morris phone. Now, in the future of this episode, we're going to explain why that matters. And it's got to do with Atlantis. And that's coming up later on Hysteria 51. <laughs> Atlantis was an awesome game for the 2600 Atari. I never played that one. Yeah, you, you shot at the things at the sky who's trying to sink it. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I, I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. You guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone. And we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they designed it for long term retention, you know. It, and, yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you you say it until you do, and then you know that that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why you know this has been trusted by experts for thirty years, and 
There's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Well, class, settle down now. Settle down. <laughs> Radiocarbon dating. <laughs> that was probably the most fun 10 minutes you've ever had on Hysteria 51. The radiocarbon dating is one of multiple types of, of dating that they use, and it is neither the most advanced nor the least advanced. And unfortunately, in the future, it's not going to work because in the 40s onward, we blew up a whole bunch of nuclear weapons all over the planet. So they can't even carbon date us properly ever again. No, it's why I use dendrology. You know, you cut things open, look at the rings. Uh, like when I got that 
the pet dog. Um, they I they didn't know that how long he had been at the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got him open. Look no. at the rings. Oh, turns out he was thirteen. Well, it was he was his ripe old age. I want to say for the record. Everyone listening, that was a joke. I would never cut a dog in half, and especially for Conspiracy Bot, that is not allowed. We don't do that. Period. Sure. End of story. Play it cool. Huh. Alexa, note to self, get a sharp knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about, go back to the tapping description. Uh, we were talking about it. Let's give it some some context. We we did a little bit, but let's break down the, the area. Yeah, let's talk about the it's, site and the, the, and the size. Hill. Potbelly Hill is what we tied. It's a 1,000-foot diameter mound located on the highest point of a mountain ridge around nine miles northeast of the town of, and I believe it is pronounced San Lufra uh, or Urfa in the southeastern part of Turkey. Now onto the geography part yeah. of the show. I will say this. I knew Turkey was always considered the gateway to the west from the Middle East. I always thought Turkey was the gateway to the waste. <laughs> hey, 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 now pass me the gravy. <laughs> I didn't realize this, but when you're at Gobekli Tepe, you're actually hundreds of miles closer to Aleppo, Syria, than you are in, any town you've heard of pretty much in Turkey, Ankara or Istanbul or anywhere. I mean, it's 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 right in the Viper Pit, yeah. or really close to it at least. Now, you know why they build it that way? It's nobody's business but the Turks. Oh. Istanbul. Istanbul. Oh, that's a great song. Lord. That's a good band. They might be giants. It is a good band. It's a horrible joke, though. Mm, well, you know, that fruit was real low. Well, we're on 103 episodes. They're used to it by now <laughs> if they're still listening, I guess. The big part about this is, you know, we we talked about our hero of the story, Klaus Schmidt. Back in 1994, uh, he started excavations uh, of the Istanbul branch of the German Archaeological Institute with the cooperation of the Senlurfa Museum, which has been taking place at that site. Who did he piss off? <laughs> yeah, you're you're off to Turkey. Old Klaus, come here. Come here. Let, let me talk to you. I, I, You had that little mishap last year, but it, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Let me talk to you a little bit further. We are going to send you to the best assignment in the world. Oh, great. Where, where, where is it? Where, where, where are we going? Turkey! <laughs> well, no. It's he Do you think he responded with, this is the worst? <laughs> No, that's the schnitzel, Klaus. The worst is next to it. <laughs> just be glad you aren't going to Syria. Yeah. Wait, why did he just turn Indian there? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what happened. I, <laughs> does anybody smell burnt almonds? Right. Nine, 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 nine. So back to this place. They've been working this for over 20 years, and only on Earth, as John said earlier, this small percentage of what they believe is there. And research has used ground-penetrating radar to get the sense of the size of the site and realize that they have a whole lot of work to do ahead of them. And they think that once this thing is completely excavated, it will actually be around more like 22 acres in total. That's a big area. Before he died. That is actually 7,426 football fields, give or take. I do no research, and I was not paying attention, and even I know you made that shit up. <laughs> he's right. He, he's, he's absolutely right. That checks out. Uh, no, but it is supposed to be about 22 acres. Uh, Schmidt said before he died, RIP, uh, that he believed it would take another 150 years to completely 
unearth all of Gobekli Tepe. And I think, you know, I, I don't know exactly how they do this. All I know is after watching Oak Island, digging takes seasons and seasons and seasons. And see, I mean, just to even this is going to take at least 30 or 40 seasons. I mean, 20 years, they've only done three core samples by now. <laughs> <laughs> Tie to Oak Island. Gobekli Tepe, if you read some of the more out there theories, ties directly to Oak Island. Oh, oh, of course. And uh, because the Anunnaki built both of them. The Freemasons taught me that. (laughs) But uh, now I lost my train of thought. Um, The single at first, the site of Gobekli was thought to be a singular temple. That's where we're at. No, but but before. Oh, um, but so I don't know exactly how they what I was saying before is I don't know exactly how they do this. But when you think about it, we, we talked about how they're stacked on top of one another. Uh, so, I mean, just um, for lack of a better term, imagine a big round room with two pillars in the middle mm-hmm. that doesn't have a roof. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine one of those locked in in dirt directly below that. Yeah. How do you how do you unearth the second one without completely screwing up the first one? You think you have to remove the floor somehow or so, or. or- Come in from the side. I, I I don't know. I mean, if you, I guess you could reinforce it and put up a full floor and turn it into like a a tiered thing, or put in like yeah, like, like a, a wedding false, cake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it makes more sense how they built it than how we find it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's seriously, that's what's sad. At first, the site of Gobekli Tepe was thought to be a, a singular temple construction. Uh, over time, though, it's been discovered that the site is actually, as we have said, quite large and completely covered with temples. It seems that everywhere archaeologists dig, another temple pops up. There's more than 20 individual sites that have been uncovered, each of them constructed with a similar design but with slightly different qualities. Like, each one was for some, this is for the god of thunder, and this is for the god of rice. Wind. Yeah, you know, or whatever. Water. You know? yeah. Heart. <laughs> yeah, when they come together, you're going to see some fucking magic. Destroy all life on this. Yeah, thanks, Eva. Uh, I just read an article about Gobekli Tepe from this year. They found like another 22 pillars. Yeah. yeah. They just keep mm-hmm. they keep finding more. They keep The more they dig. And if you have watched Oak Island, it is a good reference point when you talk about that ground-penetrating radar. Yeah. Because if you go back to like season two, they used ground-penetrating radar. Then you go to the current season, they use it again, they find new stuff. But it is interesting where if you watch the videos where they show the original ground pitting training, right? You can see the circular structures. It, oh, yeah. it works really well. Yeah, it's 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 much easier to do or because it's not it's not as saying. deep as the mm-hmm. things they're trying to find. And it wasn't bulldozed onto one another like they did there, unfortunately. Good point. Uh, the, so each of these these circular structures is these two large pillars in the center of each complex that are in, encircled by slightly smaller stones facing inward. Archaeologists believe that these pillars could have once supported roofs and the structures vary in size between around 33 feet to 98 feet in diameter and have floors made of terrazzo which is burnt lime yeah the uh and the reason they would have a roof that you're not aware of is because the roof might have been made of wood or something organic and yeah, it's after gone. eleven thousand yeah. years it's gone and if you look there at a lot of them they're putting these metal roofs over them you know just to cover them after they've they've completely unearthed them now. Yeah. And it's funny hearing archaeologists and other experts go, oh, they bastardized the location. They put these... It looks awful. You know what it looks better than? Not having it. Or the erosion and filling in of water that it would take a place if they didn't do that. Right. You fucking idiots. I don't, I don't understand. Like, shut up. What are so, you talking about? <laughs> and and furthermore, um, 
we know that we know that would happen because there's been other stone sites yeah. from a not like monoliths, but other things from that that have been carbon dated to that time period that have eroded into next to nothing. The reason this didn't happen to Gobekli Tepe is because it was covered in dirt. Right. The dirt protected it for 10,000 years or right. whatever it was. And these these T-shaped pillars that we talked about, they're soft limestone up to about 16 feet in height. And they were excavated and transported from a stone quarry on the lower southwestern slope of that hill. On up, which was, I assume, a really fun job. So th- there's two things to note there. One, they're getting the stone from a very close It's area. not Stonehenge that was, like, so far away it's laughable. Right. It, it was <laughs> right to, there. They didn't have to throw them in the back of the pickup. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, they did have to take them to the top of the hill or whatever hill was there at the time. And you mentioned before, Brent, no wheel yet. Right. Um. Though I did some research and some digging into how this is kind, this kind of goes back to our our Great Pyramid of Giza episode. Mm. You know, how is it possible that they could build these things? Cantilevers. <laughs> you know, I understood the basics of chiseling. You know, they had flints and and, li- and the limestone or the mm-hmm. I think it's limestone that they, that it's built out of is very very soft, and a flint will will easily cut yeah. through it. But you just think about the logistics. You're wondering. Okay, I get how they cut out like the cookie cutter part of it, but how do they get under it? Like the spatula, where? How do they yeah. cut the bottom? And I, I figured out the answer. The bedrock there, or the limestone there, is and I, there's a specific term for this. And I left my geology book at home. It's already cut. It's yeah. already of a specific depth, and they yeah, knew that. I, I'm trying to think of the term too. So I saw all it, yeah. they do is is do the cookie cutter part and, it, and then it just pops it out pops out yes exactly because it builds in um i don't i don't remember the term but yeah so it, once they get to the depth they need then it's right there and, it, and i don't can... want to imply that a 10 to 20 ton stone is in any way shape or form no. easy to cut out or transport but, but it's a lot easier when it's not connected to yeah. another 500 tons of stone now talking about these things i i, I know we keep going to age but i want to kind of put this into context we mentioned it's old, okay? Well, it dates back like 11,000 years, placing it. And here's something that kind of puts it into your frame of reference. It was built right around the same time of the last ice age was ending, all right? Gobekli Tepe then went on to be an active civilization for nearly three millennia before being abandoned under <laughs> mysterious circumstances around 9,000 years ago. More on that later. But that really puts it into context when you go, yeah, it came out about the last time we were in an ice age. And when we say it went on to be an active civilization, we don't mean people lived there. We just mean that it was an active structure. Being we don't think used anyone by, lived there. Uh, correct. Yeah. Uh, the exact opposite. But it was an active structure being used by civilization for over three millennia. Yeah. And these stones they have there, there's a lot of them that are, are blank. They did, But a lot of them have, like you said. These animals, these carved foxes, lions, bulls, scorpions, snakes, wild boar, vultures, uh, waterfowl, insects, arachnids, I mean, anything that they would have found there, they were putting on them. Vultures were a big deal. Vultures were venerated. And some thought because they picked the flesh off of the dead, they were the way to the afterlife. Mm. In fact, there's one um, stone at Gobekli Tepe cleverly referred to as the vulture stone. Which some people think might actually be a pictogram, and it might also give some hints, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this in a bit, as to what happened around that time that changed everything. Right. And now it's right next to the Mad Lib Stone. 
So, and that's another one that we'll talk about later. <laughs> Need a verb. Give me yeah, a verb. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And these things, like I said, they have pooping. They have hands. I gave myself and, a verb. They have hands and carved in them. They look like they might be gods or might be humans. No faces, things like that. What's the purpose of this place, John? What was its purpose? The researchers and archaeologists at Gobekli Tepe have also found the lack of some things there pretty weird, too. Right, right. Uh, so far, they found no evidence of people actually living there. Like we were saying, mm-hmm. uh, th- there were... It wasn't a building that people stayed in you or don't live anything church, like that. Right, you know, right. Something like that. Uh, there was no houses, no cooking hearths, no trash. Uh, what they did find a ton of were animal bone fragments. Yeah. And, uh, and they had they had cut marks on them, which is a big deal because it means that they were butchered and cooked somewhere in the area. And he, here's an also a big thing about that. Not only were they butchered and cooked in the area, they were all wild game. So they weren't actually hurting animals there. They were still, they were all wild, such as gazelle and boar and sheep and red deer, vulture, as you said, cranes, duck, geese, you know, the normal stuff you're going to find there. Which is also a nod to being hunter-gatherers because yeah, they didn't that's a have big thing. any like, domesticated animals. If these were, were domesticated, eating. that would have opened up a whole new thing of, holy shit, uh, they started this way before we even realized it. Right. So it, it, it points to the the folks that were at least using it. And depending on who you believe yeah. built it, built it or using it were hunter gatherers. Yeah. And then around that area, they revealed there's some prehistoric villages about 20 miles away. And this evidence of the world's oldest domesticated strains of wheat have been discovered there. And according, uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm gluten is I'm yeah, a well. wishy washy. Hey, do you think that there were hunter gatherers running around going, I don't have celiac disease, but I'm gluten sensitive. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm going to pass. Thanks, though. Um, I'm on a keto diet. Gorog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, but more meat. Hey, pass it. So they radiocarbon dated these places, too. And it, they think it developed around 10,500 years ago, just a few hundred years after the construction of Gobekli Tepe. Like, hey, that, that uh, weird ass place is over there. You want to set up shop here? Yeah, sounds good. Some people believe that. It might have spurred civilization. That's right over there. Why don't we set up shop here? Yeah, right. Exactly. Let's just stay here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we can use this devil worshiping mound we just Sweet. built. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we need. Oh, hey, this wheat stuff tastes pretty good. Let's yeah. let's plant some. We didn't have pack animals. We'd already domesticated the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Dogs were already with us. That's interesting. We use dogs to hunt with. I, I don't know why, but I found I saw that a special not that long ago that say that dogs as much domesticated themselves. As uh, wolves we, go, hey, these people uh, give us food. Right. And if we are nice to them, yeah. So they they absolutely they said domesticated themselves because we were uh, as good a hunters as them. So it behooved them. Yeah, and they, I mean, I, they're pack animals. We we kind of tra- yeah. travel it in packs. It just kind of made sense. Yeah. Man's best friend, Brent. That's man's right. best friend never actually cut man's best friend open to count the rings. Turns out it is hit or miss at best. <laughs> The other thing about this place is it did come to an end. The era of this came to an end because you look at, you know, the climate in Turkey, you know, this was at the end of an ice age. It was changing. And well, this place looks like it was backfilled. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it was really well preserved, one, because of the current Turkish climate, but also because it was filled with dirt. It was abandoned. Uh, we we yeah. mentioned that earlier. And, and the interesting thing is how quickly they believe it was filled with dirt. One day, there's like, fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it. Why? Why would they do that? You know? And that is a great... Was there a disaster? Was there a nuclear apocalypse? Did Glaxon come and say, hey, guys, 
uh, we're moving. Ground sour. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, John, dead is better. Probably had a graboid infestation. <laughs> no, seriously, though, the continuum of things that could have happened there from the most benign to we've outgrown this as yeah. a civilization. We no longer need to offer our virgins to the whatever god uh so so that yep. you know hell rain doesn't come down on us from you know the the big light orb in the sky yeah all, all the way from that to uh holy shit we're being attacked by demons fill it in now oh, now now oh, or like i've seen even more named stuff that they haven't been able to prove but they're like there could have been a blight uh you know a disease that that scattered the animals and they go well we need to move on uh because the red deer aren't here anymore because they all died out we don't want anyone else taking our spot. We're going to fill it in. We're going to come back to it one day, and then pretty soon you just don't come back. Or, listener, that, or it was evil. And dear listener, you will find that that is the you, just encapsulated right there in that statement is the difference between Brent and I. I said it is demons run, and Brent said, or more inane than that, <laughs> disease. <laughs> That's the show in, in a nutshell. That's right. That is right. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go to break real quick, and when we come back, we're going to do my favorite part of this episode. What the fuck was its purpose and who built it? That's the dessert for you folks. We've been giving you the veggies. The dessert's coming up next because we're going to talk about some out there theories, all that and more on Hysteria 51. Uh, I can't have dessert. I'm gluten intolerant. I'm so John intolerant. I'll so. just have yeah. more than meat. I'm just having meat. You know, they make a pill for intolerance. <laughs> Not for the intolerance that we see every day on Facebook. No. Uh, no, they, yeah, they do make a pill for that. It's I'm, called cyanide. I'm very racist towards the Eskimo people. Here's a pill for you, buddy. <laughs> I no longer want to kill the Inuits. Yay. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if it was that simple? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, we checked. Your triglycerides are high. Your cholesterol is a little low, actually. Your metachlorians are good. We found that you're intolerant towards the Dutch. We've got a pill for that. Here, take this. Oh, I can finally get back into my wooden shoes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nation, this is the fun part. Let's talk about this place. Gobekli Tepe, how did it get built? Why did they build it? And who are they? So number one, boom, we already told you, hunter-gatherers. We were smarter than we thought. They actual, they, they started civilization. This is the heart of, as far as we know, because we haven't found anything older, the start of civilization. These could have been grain silos that they also used for worshiping purposes. They were the world's first temple, this multifaceted place where these people just came together to live their lives together. Cause like we said earlier, it was easier than, than going nomadic on their own. So basically the belief that hunter gatherers were smarter than we thought is probably the most commonly held belief by mainstream scientists and archaeologists. Which, and I, I get behind this one a lot because it's spurred by laziness. Hey, going out every day sucks. Uh, but if, you know, Nantuk's band and Glob Glob's band and all of us come together, then you, we all take turns hunting and, uh, the others can have some time to work on their music. And they're, they're gods that they're creating. And, and, you know, the reason that even in the most accepted form, it kind of turns history on its head is, of course, we didn't think the hunter gatherers could build this. Mm-hmm. But this would also mean that, that a temple or some other structure that was non housing came before civilization. 
Yeah. So it predated. They always thought that civilizing ourselves came first. You know, building homes, uh, planting gardens, and then we started building temples to gods. Right. Right. So then it gets in. If that's not the case, well, then if we didn't have that, these hunter gatherers didn't have this knowledge. knowledge. Well, then. It was built by the remnants of another advanced civilization, and they taught our ancestors to build it. And that is when the David Ikes of the world start getting antsy in their pantsy and want to want to chime in on this stuff. Not true, 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 true. But you know, the biggest thing that plays into this theory that that another advanced civilization existed, and we'll get into what advanced means in a moment, is we started the show talking about the time period. And how it was right at the end of the last ice age. So long story short, the time that Gobekli Tepe was built coincides with the end of that mini ice age. The ice age started around 12,900 years ago. And uh, there's a carving or two. This is this is getting back to that vulture carving I mentioned earlier uh, that seemed to show a a ball in the sky, for lack of a better term. And interpretations of that are thought to mean either it was a meteor or a group of meteors, or a solar outburst, a, a, a coronal mass ejection, yeah. which also could have led to the mini ice age. So they are telling us how they got screwed up. And and so could the beginning, or, sorry, could the building of Gobekli Tepe have been influenced by a dying civilization whose remaining people integrated with the hunter-gatherers? Essentially, we're an advanced civilization of people, and uh, we are we have been decimated by the last 1500 years of Ice Age. Yeah. The best thing we know how to do is abandon our homes and go get with these the, these cavemen that are running. Now, around. there's a couple of theories behind this, and I, I want to tie a couple of them in. So they're talking about the big one is this meteor. There is proof or at least clues that we were probably hit by a large meteor that broke apart in our atmosphere uh, around 12,000, 13,000 years ago, almost. And they think it broke apart and like eight or nine pieces of it hit on different parts of the world. Some of these are like a mile fucking long. And I know that a bunch of them in North America. Yeah. It caused this ice age. And that is something that a lot of mainstream scholars can get behind. They think that that probably happened. And there's, there's evidence of where these things might have hit. Then it gets into the who part is we were already advanced civilization. Some of these people talk about the meteor is one theory. Another theory I mentioned is yeah. coronal mass ejections. Yeah, yeah. So instead of a meteor hitting the earth, there were solar flares that were so large that they literally screwed up the world. You know, all uh, the reason there's believed to have been a meteor is because they find all these little mini diamonds all over the in in the in the strata or whatever mm-hmm. um, that they say could have only been caused by the pressure of an impact. Well, it turns out the only other thing that could create those many diamonds is lightning, and like, but lightning such a a, a kind of isolated incident. Not if you had a solar flare so big enough that it creates lightning storms all over the world. There are solar flares that they say the arms of reach could reach past the Earth and have before. It could do anything from from that to. Even stripping us of our atmosphere in the worst possible way. They say that if we had a decent sized one, it would screw up all all communication. We Instant had one switch can happen. I mean, like all these crazy things. That can we had influence. one allegedly in uh, the 1850s called the Carrington incident or the Carrington event. 
And uh, it was basically, if we had it today, it would have knocked out every satellite and we would not be able to communicate in yeah. any way across yeah. this uh, across this earth. Yeah. Think of them. A lot of them they talk about, they're almost like giant EMP bursts. Right. Exactly. And so whether it was the meteors, whether it was a solar flare, something was the genesis of this mini ice age. Which led into the, the fact, the, the, fact, right? Something hap- made the ice age happen. So let's get into the, the the more fun part, though. Is that ice age comes in? Forget about what causes it. One of the things that would have happened is not only would we have this ice age, they talk about maybe seas would rise, things like that, and you get into the story of Atlantis, and we're going to use that as an all encompassing. Atlantis is the civilization that we've talked about now if you guys look back you know plato talked about this this nation that was all encompassing and it was so advanced so far and then it kind of turned on itself and it became kind of corrupt and then there was a plague and it was swallowed well a lot of people point to a like you said a coronal mass ejection or a giant meteor strike all over the earth could really do something like that and destroy a civilization to where these people flee and then they meet, like you said, these quote unquote almost cavemen that were so far behind them and they go, listen, we're going to teach you how to live because we're going to build our own structures and they start building structures like they were using these people. That makes sense you know, no, it does. when uh, you look at it, if, if something like that was true. The problem is, where are those structures and where's the proof? And uh, unfortunately, if well, it, it was sunk destroyed to the bottom of the ocean. or was deluged, it could have been anywhere and just destroyed. Another another theory that, that goes along with that about an ancient civilization that was more advanced, and this one's closer to ground level. This one's like, hey, uh, not like ancient civilization, they had iPhones and nukes, yeah, but ancient yeah. civilization, uh, advanced civilization – that was just more advanced than prehistoric man. Yeah, maybe uh, several this, thousand this, years from where they were, correct. but still prehistoric to us. To us, yeah. Uh, and that was a group called the Swidarians. Yeah. And they they came from what is now modern-day Poland, okay? And it's thought that perhaps there's been some evidence in that area that... that I'm a Swidarian, isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> that the climate in the area changed because of the... Because of the Ice Age and that they basically had to go on the run. They they were they were it's thought by some to have been the first miners. They actually mined for for various minerals and yeah. ores and and things of that nature. So if they were doing that, they were certainly more advanced than everything else at the time. And so one of the theories goes that the Swedarians just set off. They're like, well, we can't stay here. We got to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the the temperate climate at the time of what would have been the Fertile Crescent, mm-hmm. you know, Turkey and and those areas there, it, it was much different than it is today, where it's mostly desert like. Mm-hmm. It was lush and forest filled and, yeah. and beautiful. And that perhaps they, what was left of them, came down mm-hmm. and taught, started over, right? And, you know, and, and, and taught the, the hunter gatherers yeah. how to build it. The biggest problem with that, there's no 11,000-year-old Gobekli Tepes in Poland right now. Yeah, who, who knows? Or that have been that have been found, I that's, should say. The, they, we don't even know. We always say it's the oldest that we've found. That we found. Now, here's the other thing it was. It wasn't any of that. It was its own thing built by someone far more advanced. It was the Garden of Eden. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, well, well, I mean, you know, we mentioned the Fertile Crescent. If that area really was the Fertile Crescent, I mean, there, there are some things that are said in the Bible 
that point to this area. I can actually give you the exact uh, verse. It's the book of Enoch, 1272. Uh, hey, Dim Dim, the earth is flat and the, <laughs> the Garden of Eden is at these following coordinates. Oh, saith the Lord. Okay, so this didn't come from the Apocrypha. This is actually, <laughs> this is, but uh, the ancient Fertile Crescent is defined as the agriculturally rich region of Western Asia, of which Turkey is. Most of Turkey sits in Western Asia. Um, and that includes present-day Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Israel, Kuwait, Jordan, and, as I mentioned, Turkey. The area used to be much different, like you we were talking Iran. about. Did you leave that out on, on purpose? We have a lot of Iranian fans. I ran so far away from that. <laughs> Thank you. Because it was so temperate, it was ideal for early man. The four rivers of the biblical Eden include the Tigris and Euphrates. Mm-hmm. Gobekli Tepe lies between both of them. The book of Genesis also states that Eden is ringed by mountains, as is Gobekli Tepe. Uh, uh. And if you want somebody to lift those big stones, what about the Nephilim? Yep. And you don't put the face of God on a stone because you don't want to, you know, you can't get it right. So why even try? Right. You're not. That would have been sacrilege. Now, I will say that the logic used there is kind of like the logic that we make fun of for the flat earth. Yeah, right. Well, right. We, we took a we took a verse in the Bible, we kind of we, we kind of made it fit what we needed and they said it was ringed by mountains. There's nowhere else on the world ringed by mountains. Right. The Atlantean almost makes more sense. Yeah. You know, in yeah, and of yeah. itself. But what really makes the most sense and I think that I I mean you and I have, have talked about this a lot and I don't want to spoiler alert this is the one that we both agree on. It was actually built by aliens. Aliens, yeah. Yeah. The Anunnaki had to start somewhere. Well, and they come back quite frequently. So there's a really good book, Brent. Uh, it's called Gobekli Tepe, Genesis of the Gods. Now, yeah, um, Andrew Collins. Andrew Collins. Yes. And uh, I say it's a really good book. It's a really good book because he put as much effort into researching it from the paranormal side yeah. as he did from the the scientific and historical right, right. side. It's not just a a lark. Yeah. I mean, of course, to to one extent or another, it's a lark because it's all it's all supposition and and guesswork. But he tried to take a scholarly approach to it. I'll yeah. say that. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say that. I'll give the man credit. More credit than this show deserves, at least. <laughs> so when he wrote the book, he, he one of the things he says is that the ancient rulers of, of Sumar, of Babylon, and other societies believe that we were created by the Anunnaki. Mm-hmm. Their scribes preserved in cuneiform writing uh, those ruling dynasties' right. mythical history, in which the founders of the Neolithic Revolution are known as the Anunnaki, yep. the gods of heaven and earth their birthplace was said to have been the dooku confused with count, count dooku, dooku uh, yeah. uh, a primeval mound located at the summit of the world mountain called karsag or hirsag now identified with both gobekli tepe and the bingle mountain right so it's funny that they have said well it started here they go there and they go oh and there's a giant it seems to be a temple Two giant beings, no face, giant heads, look like a T from outer space. Ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. You know, and and this is at a time when we didn't know how to do any of this. And, and gravitons, that vul- gravitons and they use. And that vulture carving, that big circle that we talked about, that yeah. wasn't a meteor. That no, was their spaceship. Their ship. Yeah. They said, listen, this ice age brought on by whatever is going to decimate these people. We're going to give them enough tools to see what happens and if they can uh, – When ancient 
prehistoric man stops being polite and starts getting real. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. The we're real gonna, world. We're go gonna back give to them enough enough tools to see where this goes, and we'll come back. Well, guess what? They're gonna come back one day and be like, "Son of a bitch, <laughs> it happened again." <laughs> oh, floor tag, it happened again. Man, <laughs> it has been foretold. <laughs> now, so yeah. uh, the biggest problem with uh, well, there's a lot of problems with that line of thinking. There's a lot of problems with every line of thinking, it's including the, the the accepted line of the thinking. Ex- there's problems you know? with all of it. The biggest problem with the alien line of thinking. Think about the the part that I just just told you about. Uh, their scribes preserved in writing the dynasty's mythical history. Even in cuneiform, they wrote, this is myth. <laughs> so first we have to believe that it was a reference to Gobekli Tepe. Mm-hmm. Then we have to believe that that reference was written as in myth, but really par- by writing in myth or parable, they were actually telling the true history. Which, so that there's, there, there's a lot of leaps to make there. We also don't know. You know, it's one of those things. There's a lot of leaps. There's a lot of fill in the blanks that go in with all this stuff. I'm going to throw the, my hat in the ring and say I do know it was not the Anunnaki. <laughs> you I, don't know that. You believe in your heart of hearts it was not the Anunnaki. You know, I, I don't want you to make a fool out of yourself when they come knocking and they're pointing fingers and you get put in the Okay, I won't say it wasn't the Anunnaki. I will put the the percentage chance that it was the Anunnaki at the same that it was Seabot. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't want them throwing a blue meanie at you and turn you into goo, so just you know give them a chance. All right, yeah. all right, fair enough. I know, John, ring it home. What's your thoughts? if you had to you look at the things that we've put there, we know it's a woohoo place and it's crazy and we've been through that. It's old, blah 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 blah. What really matters, how do you think it got there? What do you think it was for? I think there's two really interesting questions. Um that that come out of all of this. The first is we 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 touched on this before. Why do the enclosures get smaller and less advanced throughout time? Mm-hmm. That boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. Second, why did it get buried so quickly? Mm-hmm. What was happening? Right. The answer to both of those could be really simple or really crazy. The really simple version is it got less advanced because they were less and less interested in it mm-hmm. until eventually they buried it because they just didn't care anymore. The other answer is somebody a lot smarter than that group helped them build the original and they kept trying to make, you know, you ever make a copy of a copy of a copy and the quality gets worse and worse and worse. I saw that movie. I saw Multiplicity. I know how it works. (laughs) That's exactly it. I I was talking about the Michael Keaton vehicle, Gobekli Tepe, to Electric Boogaloo. That's right. No. So first, why did it get less advanced? And second, why did it get buried? Those questions lead me to think that. I think that they were the knowledge came from another group. Mm -hmm. I don't think it came from aliens and I don't think it came from cell phone wearing future men who just happen to live back there. I I just think that I think that our perception of history is so guided by our limited science that we don't truly understand what was happening back then. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Noah? Oh, the, the gladiator guy, Kurt Russell. With Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Kurt Russell. Damn it. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Russell was flying <laughs> over. flying over. Yes, yeah. yes. I actually really enjoyed the movie. A lot of people hated it. But I thought it was really in- a really interesting take on it before, like, he's fighting these big animal demon things at the beginning. And mm-hmm. it, it was basically just like a, hey, we don't know what existed back then. Yeah. I, I've always enjoyed the, the thought process that when you look at, like, fantasy. 
the fantasy world, like book world, where there's there's goblins and and giants and dwarves and and all of those things and elves. I've always thought that you know I, an interesting theory is that a lot of that a lot of that could be rooted in in things that prehistoric man actually saw and mm-hmm. and has been passed down. That some of that is rooted in truth. Okay, and I just think that we don't know what we don't know about back then as as was evidenced by us just finding one structure in the middle of turkey and all of a sudden it turns everything we thought we knew on its head right i don't think that we can now find this one structure and go well we figured it out that was the keystone we were missing and now we know everything we don't we don't know anything so i think that they were influenced by something by what i don't know i always look back to this this book i read i think it was in middle school we were reading it and it was funny because it was like what if the the sky fell like where you know the it's called unquote. Chicken Little, and it's weird that you were reading it in middle school, but go ahead. Um, so it's like the future, like these aliens come to Earth, and they start – like what I mean by the skyfall is like you just – everyone dies where they were, like mass, you know, catastrophe. So they're excavating, and they go into this bathroom, and this person's in the tub. It's the first thing they find, and they don't spend a lot of time here, but they fill in their whole – ideology over this one place that they found and they find that they feel like the bathroom was our religious place and the toilet parts of it there so they take the skeleton and they they're like well this must have been a ring that they put around their neck for for channeling to the gods and (laughs) and i always look at it and it was made to be like how we look at these things we fill in the blanks because we don't know goes along with just what you were saying we don't know the answers a lot of these things so we take stabs and we go well we figured it was this we figured it was that it makes a lot of sense that these things were taught to them by someone else like you said it doesn't have to be aliens it doesn't have to be anything you know the whole atlantis thing if that was really real or something it does have a little bit of credence and i i'm like you i'm not saying that atlanta flew there in their ships and they beamed them down but maybe it was a few thousand years advanced for them catastrophe hits we don't have the records of there those people dispersed and that's why we see this Boom, explosion of knowledge. Those people die out a generation or so, or they move on. We try to keep doing it, and it goes back down. You know, we lose the, like you said, a copy of a copy. But then we learn from that, and we grow back to more advanced than we were. I'm not saying that's a thing, but that that kind of puts a bow on it and, and brings it into, you know, the whole uh, you know, conspiracy world a little bit, and I can get behind that thought. Yeah, I. The one thing I can't get behind on this one is aliens. I don't think. Uh, I don't. I don't think our 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 friends from above came down and built these structures that were obviously hand chiseled, and you know, I, I, well, I definitely going to give us this lasers. Was, this was people. This was people, and it's just a question of how advanced those people were. Yeah, slave people for the Anunnaki. <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts? How can they tell us, John? Well, get on Hysteria Nation. That is our Facebook discussion group. If you aren't in there, you are missing out on the chance to talk about all this stuff. Just go to Facebook.com, search Hysteria Nation. Also, don't forget when you're hopping on stuff, hop on Twitter at Hysteria51Pod. Also, hop on Public. Get yourself a sweet sweet i don't know if it's that sweet but they're pretty sweet hysteria 51 shirt you can find the link to that right here in the show notes otherwise go to hysteria 51.com our website where you can find all these links a shop link click on it get yourself some awesome swag if you want a t-shirt that no one else has and no one else can have other than the one specific for you patreon patreon.com slash hysteria 51 you can find us there with extra content every week special things you can get yourself posters pins 
T-shirts, special T-shirts. You can pick a topic. You can host that topic. And if you want to hear your voice on the show, there's a specific way you can do that. You can leave us a voicemail, 773-669-7277. Again, 773-669-7277. And John... We got we, some to play. We're working through our we backlog are, yeah, of voicemails. I posted a thing, give us some voicemails, and we got a lot of them. So we started last week. Uh, we heard from some interesting folks. We heard some Morse code. Here are some more. Yep. Here we go. Voicemail numero uno. Hey, fuckers. It's me, Jesse. Um, no, it's been a while since I last called in. Don't worry. I didn't get done uh, annoyed with your podcast enough to stop listening. I'm still listening. <laughs> I actually just got done with season three. Oh. Check that out. Um, we just started season five. Yeah, I just wanted to say a couple things just to kind of catch up. I think the last time I called in, uh, I just got finished listening to the uh, Pyramid episode. Anyway, uh, during Bigfoot's episode, you guys always talk about aging aliens and shit. How come you didn't bring up aliens and Bigfoot, suckers? <laughs> um, and then Operation Northwoods, you guys are referencing other times that that kind of stuff has happened. What about 9-11, fools? Come on. All right. Nope. Uh, get with the game, okay? Anyway, uh, tell uh, C-Bot I said what up. Uh, can't wait for season four. I'm almost there. Let's go. So- he said 7-Eleven, right? There's yeah. a conspiracy yeah. behind the uh, taquitos. We're a comedy show, first and foremost. And I know a lot of people want to talk about like 9-Eleven and stuff like that. That's a very polarizing topic that no matter what side you're on, you can hurt feelings. So we kind of stay away from that because no matter what we do, we always make jokes. And I don't think that's something to joke with. John, is that the easiest way to say it? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's... There's no, there's no laughing matter there to be discussed. It's a, it was a horrible day in this nation's history, and we're not going to, to um, bastardize. And there the, is a ton of shows. Just Google it, and they've already given their full conspiracies on 9/11. You can go listen to them. Um, uh, but it's, I don't know. It's a hot button that we kind of just jump over. Sorry, sorry if that offends you guys, but you know, it's, uh, we're gonna leave that one to the, the experts that aren't us out there. The truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Right. Number two. Gentlemen, this is S-Z-O. Good job on the mission. <laughs> the Phantom Time Hypothesis has been solved. Oh, yeah, he wrote, he wrote. Your next mission, when you choose to accept it, is the treasure of Forrest. Oh, it cut out. The treasure of Forrest Gump, oh, he, he was saying. He, he um, hit it that on uh, Oak Island. It's a it's a box of chocolates. Oh, I, man. It sounded like he said treasure of uh, Forrest Bend. I don't know. Is, I'll almost, have to look. Yeah, we'll have to we'll, Google it. We'll look into that because I'm unfortunately it cut out. We get a lot of them that cut out. So maybe if you guys call in, when you're done, count to three or something like that. I don't know if Google Voice cuts it off or what. So I think it's Seabot. Probably. That makes more sense. Number three. Hey, when's this next alien invasion about to happen? Thoughts and predictions? Man, uh, the next one? <laughs> That's, there's an implication there. But the last one came about 11,000 years ago, and they helped <laughs> us build a uh, settlement. John, you just are too stupid to realize that. He put a bow on the episode for us. Perfect. Um, so the next alien invasion, I don't know, but I will say a couple things that uh, if you listen to the Bocephus broadcast, you heard us talking with uh, Matthew Tinkle, Flat Earth Extraordinaire on there, and he says that the next alien invasion is 
imminent, but it's not really an alien invasion. It's the U.S. is going to nuke the firmament, trying to get it God to destroy the firmament. And that is going to be the downfall and the, I don't know, uh, bringing of <laughs> Ragnarok, of revelations of everything down. I don't know what you're talking about over there, Brent. The answer to his question, December 16th, 2023. <laughs> all right, moving on. I, I love this topic. People say they're they're gearing us up for it because that's why I, this is all to the Stars Academy and, and you know, Luis Elizondo and the Nibbets encounter and things like that. They're just softening us up and they're saying it's it's around the corner and it's coming. I'm calling BS. I don't know. I don't know. God, we should almost do an episode on, on disclosure. One might. <laughs> I think there's a lot of that. I think that To the Stars Academy and the, and the Nimitz and all that is, uh, is, uh, needs to be an upcoming episode. Who are you? <laughs> and I'm so sorry. Let's do one more. What's up? This is Brandon from Wichita, the city of BTK. Yeah. Um, weird, weird thing to, to be proud of. <laughs> hey, uh, good podcast. Also Love the it. home of the Purple Aces. Great. Always Thank excited you. Monday mornings when I roll into work super uh, early. Yeah. And there's a fresh podcast from you guys. Hey, uh, would it kill you guys to do something more on, uh, what is that farm called? It'd kill you to think of it. Bigelow bot. <laughs> Why am I blanking on this oh, right now? Oh. The farm made a movie out of, and it's like a mecca for were oh. bulletproof werewolves and, <laughs> Um, we are behind, John. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe I'm blanking. Bulletproof werewolves. That's a really yeah, good way to put it. Shouldn't yeah. put this one on the podcast because I didn't write anything out. Um, yeah, more aliens. Aliens are good. Seabot uh, is interesting. Um, <laughs> to say, to say. All right, uh, you know what? Have a good day. I don't know why I called this number. <laughs> That's how I feel after we do the show sometimes. Uh, no, I, that's awesome. That's... I misspoke uh, while he was speaking. I said home of the Purple Aces. That's another Missouri Valley team. Uh, Wichita is the home of the Shockers. The Ooh. Shockers. Ooh. So that's awesome. That's exactly what he was wanting, and we just did it. Like I said, we're a little behind, you know, to getting some of these. So I'm glad. We Either just, that or we can see into the future. The last one they asked for when we had done, and then he, it turns out he called back. He's like, hell yeah. And then this one they, they said. Uh, that's my point. Uh, he asked for Phantom Time. It had already been done. They nope. asked for Skinwalker Ranch. It's already been done. Yeah. We can see into the future. You're right. We got it. Yep. We got you. Well, don't forget, guys, we got our first live show coming up in Chicago. If you're in the Chicagoland area, October 24th, Otherworld Theater. Tickets are going to go on sale the end of September. Keep an eye out for that. If you go to our Hysteria Nation page, there is an event for that. We're very excited. We're doing a joint show. Blurry photos. David Flora, he's taking the stage for us. We're going to drive her home and... uh yeah, we're going to learn you something. I can't wait. Yeah, you know, and you get to see us live in all our manly glory. We'll see if Seabot makes the trip. <laughs> With that said, I've been Brent. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It is terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? 
Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.